Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Go Low Pod, fresh off the Keegan Bradley Travelers victory, as well as the new information about Live in the PGA Tour. We will have Jason Sobel join us, as he always does, uh, to talk drama on the golf course, which hopefully will be coming to an end. We will get to all of that. I think the plan today is I'll touch on something off the top. I will hit on some mailbag questions. It's just at Golopod is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Get your question answered here on the show. And um, we'll keep this short and sweet. The plan, no podcast. Uh, Probably for all of 4th of July week, we're not going to do anything. Golf kind of goes on a hiatus. And uh, so that's the plan. So this will be the last golf podcast for probably a couple weeks. and, And then we will get back on the horse. I will be gambling this weekend on Ludwig as well as maybe sprinkling. I might have sprinkled Joel Damon. I saw you can get 220 to one. I just put like 20 bucks on that to see how it goes. He was on the podcast. See if we can give him some fresh juju. Uh, But other than that, like I said, mailbag at Golopod and uh, go subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, smash that like button, subscribe to the page, share it with your friends. Before we dive in, uh, if you want to go to any sporting events this summer, baseball, any golf events, obviously the football with the fall, you know, SEC games, Big Ten games, NFL games, I got you covered. Go to your smartphone, download the Game Time app, use the promo code GOLO. They're the official ticketing app of this show. We love them. I've used them. You should use them too. Just download the Game Time app, promo code GOLO, get $20 off any pair of tickets, concerts as well. You want to go see Morgan Wallen this summer? I saw Zach Bryan was jamming with Christian McCaffrey at Red Rocks in Colorado. So if you like any type of music, Taylor Swift, her her tickets are not cheap. Uh, down the game time app, promo code go low. My overall take, and we've been talking so much now for two years about live golf. And listen, it, it's a fascinating story. I'm kind of ready for it all to be over. Like uh, all I really want as a fan and as a consumer is to watch everybody play against each other, right? I want to see Cam Smith, Bryson, DJ, and Brooks in events with Rom, Tony Finau, Scotty Scheffler, Roy McIlroy, and Jordan Spieth, and not just the four times at the majors. I, I don't really care anymore. I listen. I was a big Phil guy as well as Tiger guy. If Phil disappears, whatever. Some of the older guys, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia. I had a couple decades of them. But the young guys, especially Cam Smith, Kepka, DJ, Bryson, 
I miss those guys. And I even think the next crew of guys, some of the uh, Latin American guys, Joaquin, Mito Pereira, Carlos Ortiz, it just adds more talent to the tour. And as you saw, like, let's face it, I don't want to say the tour was like uh, Elizabeth Holmes or en- Enron or Bertie Madoff, but they were running somewhat of a Fugazi. <laughs> this was this was not going to be able to maintain. They could not keep paying the Brian Harmons of the world. And Zach Blair seems like a good guy. $1.8 million to come in second at the Travelers Championship. It, just, it was not a sustainable model. And I, I thought I saw Nate Hubbard, who hosts a golf podcast on the Ringer, tweeted it out very eloquently. Uh, the PGA Tour was desperate for money. Piff was desperate for a positive image. And maybe this was all just destined to be together. Now, what's going to happen to live uh, is obviously a big talking point. I think it's pretty clear it's got to end. Because the whole point of this is to get the best players together. It's what Liv attempted to do. Steal all the best players. Well, the PGA Tour tried to fight off. You want your best players playing each other. I don't want Nick Bosa in one league, Patrick Mahomes in another league, and Micah Parsons playing in the XFL. You want them all under the same umbrella. That is when the reason the NBA is the biggest basketball league in in the world is because they get the best players all over the world. Right? Same with baseball. Right, Shohei Otani and Fernando Tatis, and you can go around all these international players. They're not playing in Japan, right? They're not playing in in Spain. They, they, they play here in America. And the PGA Tour. Listen, I I I understood why the international guys didn't give a shit. If you're from Spain or you're from Ireland or you're from wherever and not from America, the only reason you ended up here because the best golf tour was here. And that is going to be the case again. Now, the thing, golf, a lot like basketball or soccer, worldwide game. One thing I think Liv did a good job of, they went to Australia. You know, they're in Spain this week. I do think playing some more international events besides just the Open Championship and the Scottish Open is smart business. But the majority of the tournaments, you know, are going to be at Riv are going to be at the Memorial, are going to be at TPC Scottsdale, are going to be the players with the best players playing again under the same umbrella. And I I, I just, I'm not getting on some moral high horse. I'm not trying to be disingenuous like a lot of people in the media. I simply put it like I miss that. I mean, I I miss it. I liked watching Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler battle it out, right? Not just in the Masters, but in a regular tournament. Oh, Rory and DJ paired up in the final group of the Memorial. I, I call me a sap, call me a golf homer, but I like that. I, I, I do. Bryson, he's bombing drives away at the Arnold Palmer. You, you can't have a tour full of just people that everyone likes. You, you need some villains, right? Part of why pro sports, basketball, baseball, and football have excelled in this country for a long period of time is because when you're a fan of the Jets, you hate the Patriots, right? If you're a fan of the 49ers, you hate the Eagles right now. If you're an Eagles fan, you hate the Cowboys and vice versa, right? I hate the Lakers with every bit of my being. And that's good for business. Like, that's why the NBA, who hasn't lost me as a viewer, because I will hate watch the Lakers, right? And you can't, like, you can't root for everybody. That's not what sports is about. Sports is about rooting for somebody and rooting against someone else, right? It's a zero-sum game. There can only be one winner. And uh, I think golf... However, we got here, and it's been kind of fucking crazy. 
is potentially headed in the right direction if they all just play in the same events. Whether those are team events, whether those are match play events, whether those are just stroke play events, who knows? Clearly doesn't feel like many people do. But like it's the, the only guy that I'm like, God, that guy's kind of a douche is Cantlay just because he seems kind of douchey and he plays slow. Right. But I miss Patrick Reed cheating and everyone can have an opinion. Right. That's that's good. It, it's good to have guys that you root against. Anyone listening to this and listen, there's a huge carryover between golf and football. If you're a Bears fan, you you respected the guy, but you detested the Packers and Aaron Rodgers because they kept kicking your ass. So I just I hope we just get this figured out sooner than later. And it looks like 2024. I'm sure we'll learn more in the in the coming months. But it's just assuming that it passes through the government, which who knows? I heard someone make a good point. Like we're, we're so tied to Saudi Arabia and having a good relationship with them that it's it'd be hard pressed to see it not go through. There's going to be a big dog and pony show at one of those congressional hearings that are the biggest fucking waste of time in the history of America. But uh, which will be fun to watch. I mean, is Jay and Yasser going to be there? I don't think they have a choice. They've both been. I don't know if the word is subpoenaed or, you know, told to show up. Not exactly sure how that works. Hopefully I'm never put in that position. That doesn't look fun. Back at it again with my main man, Sobel. We got breaking news all over the golf world late Monday night. Sobel, lot going on, a lot of moving parts. I'm going to start you with this. If if Phil Mickelson never wants to grace the presence of a non-major again, I do think he could pretty easily. Now, it's it, it'd be pretty niche, but he, he runs in these circles. Give lessons, like day lessons to the super rich people all over the world and charge like a couple hundred grand. He is a, clearly a great teacher. He knows golf as well as anyone. He can articulate it. He can teach it. We've seen him on social media. There is no reason for him ever to play the John Deere or Wasteman. He can just coach up random multi-millionaires and billionaires and make his money that way. What do you think? Uh, I can see it. You get a, a Callaway driver and a <laughs> yeah. cup of coffee while you're on the range with Phil, and we have a whole total package, and he might even give you some – Tips on that night's game, uh, and which which side he likes on the spread. I, I I don't know. Stranger things have happened. I I think it's the other way for Phil. You seem to think Phil's like he's never going back to the PGA Tour. I think it's the other way around. That once all this happens, and once the live players are essentially integrated back into the PGA Tour, that Phil comes back and he goes, "All hail me! I was able to get everyone back together. I made money for the PGA Tour players. You're welcome, everybody. Look what I did." What uh the news broke Monday night. It's you know about noon East Coast time for you texting around. Obviously, this has been a, a point of uh, a talking point now for a couple weeks since the CNBC interview. I guess we have some more details. Um, so far, what do you think as of the last 12 hours with, with the breaking news to kind of uh put some parameters around this potential merger slash acquisition slash who knows? Yeah, slash whatever it is. Don't call it a merger. I I guess the one thing that stands out to me, which isn't really that much of a standout, is the fact that, yeah, I guess Monahan and Al Ramayan and, uh, and Jimmy Dunn and everybody else that spoke a few weeks ago, they weren't 
trying to pass anything off as not that like, this is what it was. It's, Hey, we've got a framework agreement. There are a ton of details that we still don't know. The PGA tour is essentially going to run live in whatever way live is going to exist moving forward. And that's the deal. And we'll figure out the rest of it later. And once you read the agreement, you're like, yeah, that's exactly what it says. It's not like they came out and said all these things. Then you read the agreement. And you're like, Oh, we didn't see any of that coming. Essentially, everything we knew, if you've been paying attention the last three or four weeks, there shouldn't be anything in there that you're looking at saying, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think there's still obviously questions, but I think they're the same questions we've been asking since that day uh, that they announced the, you know, like I said, merger, don't call it a merger. By the way, John, I've, I've got to ask you the question. Now, I assume this is in legalese the same way as if there's like a, you know, a body found, they don't know who it is. They call it John Doe or Jane Doe. Yeah. I assume that having a company and putting it into a legal document and calling it Nuco is just sort of the placeholder placeholder for what it's going to be later. All of that said, I'm rooting so hard for this company to be called Nuco. That I can't even tell you. I mean, I will buy Nuco gear. I will buy Nuco hats. I mean, I I will be decked out in Nuco if that's what we can call this thing. I, I just find that hilarious. The fact that, I mean, it's it's out of succession. The entire thing is out straight out of a script from succession, including the it's a merger, but don't call it a merger, but we don't know what it is and we don't have a company name. I mean, the whole thing is exactly out of that i would say the one thing that wasn't out of succession because in succession when they merged there was like real money obviously (laughs) these players have been getting real money this year winning these elevated events but it kind of now when you see the desperation of the tour this was not a sustainable model it was almost like an enron or an elizabeth holmes like it was kind of fake you know so some of the i'm obviously the, the money was there but it was not a sustain like they could not have kept rocking and rolling for these purses, given the way they were operating. I saw, I know you've been on their podcast before. Nate Hubbard tweeted out last night. It's pretty clear that the tour had a major money problem and Piff had a major image problem. <laughs> they they basically yeah. merged and came together to help each other head in the right direction. Again, I'm not saying Keegan Bradley didn't just earn $3.6 million or Brian Harmon 1.8 to finish second, but like, it, it, this wasn't that they couldn't have kept going if Piff didn't exist at these numbers, given how many people I love golf, but we all know it's not, this isn't the NFL. There's three or 4 million people watching that does not equal those prizes. I feel like the PGA tour made these designated events and, and they had to do it or else they were going to lose. Had more no players. Choice. Yeah, lose I don't blame them. Very good players. They, they created these designated events. They raised all the purses. They took the money, not from sponsors. The sponsors aren't going to say, Oh, we were paying six million. Now we're gonna pay twenty-five million. Like, sure, no problem. Like, they're not doing that, so it's coming out of the PGA Tour's own purse. And I feel like they didn't do the math on everything. I feel like it's it's one of those deals where you have like a fan that sends a tweet and goes, "Hey, we should do this." I I've heard people say, and, and I love the idea that all PGA Tour players, even if you miss the cut, something you should get ten grand if you miss the cut. And that's like, uh, that doesn't sound out of the realm of possibility. That seems like, and then you go, well, there could be on any given week, like 80 guys who miss the cut, let's say, on average. Well, that's what? Do the math for me. 800,000. And yeah. all of a sudden, you've got 
40 events, 50 events a year. And you start doing the math on that. And you're like, Oh, that's a lot of money. Where are we getting that money from? Like, you know, one at a time doling out 10 K isn't that bad. But when you start doing all the math for the entire year and you go through everything, you're like, wait a second, that's a lot of money that we're handing out. We don't necessarily have that money. And I feel like it's the same way for all these events. Like they had to do it and I get it. It's, you know, Darwinism, like, Hey, we've got to figure out a way to survive in this brave new world. But once they started doing that, it's like, Oh, wait a second. Like we're giving out $20 million purses. Like, nine times a year like at some point this thing's going to come crashing down and yeah this there's no doubt in my mind there are two things look first is pga tour was going to have financial problems the public investment fund obviously had image problems hey let's get together and it's going to be beneficial for both parties the second thing was they were going to go through this this discovery phase of the litigation and pga tour was like there's stuff that we don't want to get out, whether it's antitrust stuff, whether it's other internal things, we can't have this made public. Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia also was like, hey, you know what? We've actually done some things too. You wouldn't believe this, but we've got some things we don't want public either. Uh, so we don't want those to come out. I think it was a combination of those two things that go, hey, you want to just like get together on this thing? And that's kind of how this all went down. Did you, uh, I'm sure you did, saw the article on Cantlay trying to run a coup and what was your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, Eamon Lynch, who I really respect and does a really good job and used a lot of really big words. I mean, thesaurus.com was getting worn out on his laptop when he wrote that piece, but uh, that seemed, though, overstating it a little bit. We're going to call this a coup? Like, I don't know. It seems to me, like, reading between the lines, Patrick Cantley is trying to stick up for the membership and he's got an idea. Other people have other ideas, and he's just trying to throw his idea out there. I didn't seem like any sort of staging of a coup, and I'm not really sure exactly where that ire is coming from, where he's so mad about what's going on. I get it. That's kind of his shtick. And again, I really like him, and I think he's really, really talented. That said, I just didn't quite get that one. I read it, and I'm like, I I'm not really sure why are we just mad now at everything and everyone, but I, I didn't quite get why we were mad at Cantley for that. You've been in this business a long time and the partnerships with, with tours and leagues, and you've seen it from obviously at ESPN and golf channel. It's a little more independent, probably what you're doing now. It's a little different just having broadcast, not having them now at action network. So you can probably say whatever you want, but you're serious. You know, you guys are in, in bed with mm -hmm. the tour. Uh, I, I do wonder, and I understand Piff is not going to own NBC, which essentially owns the Golf Channel, but guys like Brandel and Eamon Lynch, who spend a lot of time on there, they have not backed down, <laughs> and it felt like they've doubled down, and they're not alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are other people. It's uh, Listen, I've seen it in football. You just, where the money comes from, likes to control. And I'm not saying the propaganda, like control the narrative, but you're not just allowed to just keep unloading the clip 24 seven. I, I got that one circled is that, that there is going to be I, just something to keep an eye on. That, that would, that would be my thing. Two things here. First of all, I, I worked with Brandel for four years at golf channel. Every he's one of the most asked about people when someone learns what I do and we're going off on the first day. What's what's tiger like? What's Phil like? It's what's Brandel like is one of the first ones. And I, I will tell you that he is uh, one of the, 
hardest working analysts that I've ever worked with, with, and I worked in TV for a long time. I also think that he is one of the more intelligent and thought-provoking analysts that I've ever worked with. All that said, I also worked at Golf Channel. I know how Golf Channel operates, and you're exactly right that at some point they're going to go, hey, this is our business, and we can't have people on TV who are essentially knocking what our rights holder fees are going towards. And so um, I, I understand both sides of that. Uh, look, back in the day, their way around this was when I first started at Golf Channel, anyone who's a little controversial on TV, they wouldn't be, and this is a little behind the scenes, pulling the curtain back a little bit for people out there who uh, remember Golf Channel about 12 years ago, but anything that was a little controversial, any person who would have been controversial on TV, they weren't an employee. They were all freelanced contractors. And so whether it was a John Hawkins or a Jeff Rude or uh, Alex Maselli who would go on TV and spew opinions that maybe the press didn't like and maybe the PGA Tour didn't like, Golf Channel's out was by telling them, well, sorry, they don't work for us. They just, you know, we just cut them a check to come on TV, but that's not our guy, so we can't tell them what to say, which was always the weakest cop-out, I thought. You know, first of all, so you're not going to pay those guys to be on staff, even though they're providing content for you on a daily basis? That's weak. Secondly, you're just going to say, like, oh, we don't have any control. Sorry. Like, they show up in your studio and start talking. Like, you're the one that put them on TV. All of that said... Yeah, I can certainly see. I, I get where you're going with that. I can see Golf Channel sort of veering them in a different direction. And, and I don't think it will be like, hey, Brandel, hey, Eamon, we're going to tell you what to say because they won't do that. And I'm telling you right now, they won't do that. But it might be all of a sudden they find themselves being asked questions, not necessarily about live and the piff and what's going on, but more about golf. And so they can't steer the conversation in those directions when they're on the air. I, I can see that. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Well, no one has the answers right now. They might not even have them behind the scenes in terms of how this is going to come back together. But it's pretty clear that Liv is in major trouble after one you read last night that the tour now controls 
So let's just think about, even if we cut off some of the guys over 40 plus and 45, the the Westwoods and the Polters and the Phils, if they're not dying to come back, the the obviously the Brooks, the DJs, the Joaquins, the guys that uh, Cam Smith, Bryson's, who are still can like win majors. Right. You know, yep. the tour is going to want those guys for competitive reasons. Just the whole the part of their business, it feels like it's going to get very interesting. And I, I already got Bryson circled for something weird to happen. You know, there have been to- well because there have been talks about fines and sanctions. Well, well, which it's I, the middle of the bingo card there. I mean, that's not even like going out on a limb. But but I but I do like. How do you find me if I'm Bryson? You're finding me. I understand if I leave for a competitor and then I want to come back and those competitors we're still separate. But you're now in business with the guy I left for. We're all under the same umbrella. So unless Piff wants their money back, that's between me and them. But you like you're now doing business with who I did business with. So it's it's very, very complicated, but it's pretty clear. Like they keep saying this and it keeps getting out there. There are going to be uh, repercussions for the guys that left. <laughs> yeah, I look, I think they have to say that to placate the current PGA Tour players, the uh, the loyalists, those who um, you listen to Monahan and the others with the PGA Tour and said, hey, I have integrity. I'm not going over there. And those that are mad about it right now, I don't think they can go to them and say, hey, we made a deal with them. So, yeah, Brooks is just going to get like a $20,000 fine that he's not even going to pay himself and he's going to be back in January. I don't, I don't think they can say that right now, but I have a feeling that's what it's going to come down to. Look, you're not going to build a partnership with players from another league and bring them in and go, Hey, by the way, we're now partners. Like we're all in this together. We'd love to have you back. Also, you're going to serve a two-year suspension for what <laughs> yeah. you did. Like that's not happening. It's just not or, happening. Or, or you, 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 you each owe us uh, seventeen million dollars in quarterly increments. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I mean, like, it, be like, no, uh, forget it. I just won't play. Uh, all of that said, when we talk about live going away, I, I do think that. Whether it's January, whether it's June next year at some point, again, this is all speculation. I do think that Brooks and Cam Smith and DJ and whoever else will be playing essentially in PGA Tour events once again. I agree. That everyone will be integrated back into the same society and they will all be competing together. Now, there's no secret about the fact that there's going to be team events. And so whether it's a, a team aspect, whether it's team events, whether it's uh, like live is now where there's just teams within the individual <clears throat> contest. There's going to be a team concept. Um, I would say that, and again, just a working theory, everyone thinks live is going away. Like live won't exist. What if the teams exist on live and the individuals exist in the PGA tour? And so essentially let's go to, the Farmers Insurance Open next January, where we've got the best of the best competing against each other. It's an individual stroke play 72-hole event, but all of a sudden we've got these four-man teams. And so you and I talked about it before we hit the record button on this, but Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, and uh, I don't know, uh, Jason Day, for lack of a better yeah. answer. Uh, they're, they're a team. They're the Cool Dudes LLC presented by AT&T. And Travis Matthew. And so uh, that's their team name. And yes, that will be for profit and they will be able to sell merchandise and, you know, and and collect on having their own team. They all play very much like live. They all play at Torrey Pines. There's a winner, just like we've had on the PGA tour for a million years, but 
there's also a team winner and maybe the team aspect is still live maybe live is a full just team league i i don't know again speculation i have no idea maybe live just goes away but the way greg norman was talking that hey there will be a live that's sort of that's the loophole that's the loophole i see with live doesn't go away it continues but it continues as part of the pga tour in those team aspects well, Liv's playing this week, and I just don't think anyone cares. So uh, coming down, the, we, we won't talk about the Valhalla that Sergio won't shut up about, which seems like a pretty good course looking online. Uh, I, you remember years ago when Kyler Murray was drafted by Billy Bean in the in baseball, and then he went on to have this incredible football season. People are like, what's he going to do? It's like, well, he's going to go play football because you go right to the professional level and then golf. Mm-hmm. There have been some positive things that have come out of this whole controversy, right? And this PGA Tour, you you just send your blue, your Kyler Murray goes right to the PGA Tour, and mm-hmm. even some of the other guys get to go right to the Corn Ferry. And hell, they're rattling off wins. So yeah. I mean, the cream is rising. You picked Ludwig this week, who was basically the Heisman Trophy elite player in college golf. I bet him last week. I've bet him again this week. I mean, he was off a little bit and was T twenty five last week. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I I think he's kind of got some the burn, Scotty Scheffler. He's going to win. We don't know when, but like it could come sooner or later. Especially my theory, I I, I did I just saw you pick him. I didn't read what you said, but a lot of these guys got to be kind of running on fumes. They they've been playing That's all year exactly long, it. and he's got to be kind of refreshed. So I go back to 2019. Remember that summer we had the 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 big group of college kids who came out and turned pro and were getting exemptions everywhere. Almost immediately. Yeah, exactly. Almost immediately. Matthew Wolf wins the 3M Open in Minnesota. And then Colin Morikawa wins the Barracuda Championship in Reno. And all of a sudden, we've got two of these guys like they've won right away. Well, is it because they're just that much better than everyone else? Well, yeah. I mean, as it turns out, Wolf was very good for a while and who knows what he will be in the future. Colin Morikawa was on the verge of becoming one of the world's best players. Yes, that's part of it. You're not going to win these things if you're an average player, but I think there's a huge thing to a huge point to be made that these guys, first of all, the veterans are like running on fumes. These guys are, you know, guys playing this week. They played 11 weeks in a row or something like these guys are just dying out there at this point. Like, you know, I just want to go sleep in my own bed. And then the other part of this is there are players who are playing as if there's something to lose. They're playing with a weight on their shoulder. They're playing with a thought in their mind of, if I don't play well this week or next week or the week after, like I'm going to lose my job. Like It's going yeah. to be that point where like I, I'm not going to make the playoffs. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my card. And it's really hard to find success in those situations. And so you've got Ludwig Aberg, who's the type of player right now that's basically playing with free money. He's playing with house money this week. He can go out there and just hammer driver all over the place. It's that kind of golf course. We've seen Bryson, Sam Davis, Tony Finau win the last three editions of this event. That tells you all you need to know, just guys who smash driver and go hit it again. And so Bear can certainly do that. I, I really like him this week. I am very invested. And I think what it does, when you're not betting a guy who's, a Scotty Scheffler, a John Rahm, who might be 10 to 1, 12 to 1, 15 to 1. What it does is opens up more long shots, too. So I, I like, and what I've done this week is start the card with Aberg, who's right around 50 to 1 right now, and add a 
an Austin Eckrode who's about 60, started at 80, and then add a few other players down the line. You can you can add more long shots. I think if you're betting a guy, if you're betting Scheffler at plus 650, you can't be like, well, I'm also going to have these nine outrights on long shots too. It's like, no, nah, it doesn't really work that way. It's math. Math doesn't work. But when you're starting the card at a 50 to one, you can add more of those players. So that's what I've done this week. You got it. You got any other names in the 70, 80, 100 to one that you kind of, Justin saw was a name that kind of jumped out to me. Carson, Carson Young. I, I've seen Carson Young kind of moving up the leaderboards. So it's just a longer not, shot. Not a great driver of the golf ball. He, he does his damage more with approach. I I'm looking at guys who are like top 20 to 30 on the strokes gained off the T list. I mean, that's gotcha. there. There's a tight, definitive tight trend. No, it's like wide open, wide oh, so open, flat hammer driver and like go find it and hit it again. And so I, I remember before the second edition of this event, talking to a player, I'm like, what did you see last year uh, during the first one? He goes, it's the most Bryson course we've ever played. And so that doesn't take a whole lot of translating. It's, uh, yeah. it's go out there and smash and go find it and hit it again. So some of the, some of the big hitters that I like this week, Taylor Pendrith, who's had a pretty terrible season. By his standards, only one top 10 finish, but he was second here last year. He was tied for the 54-hole lead. Adam Shank, who's got a couple of runner-up finishes, he's sort of this all-or-nothing type player. It's like last 10 starts, two runner-up finishes, six missed cuts. Hey, but if I'm playing him for an outright, I don't really care if he misses a cut, as long as he also gives me that ceiling chance as well. Callum Tarrin. Started playing well last week. Yeah. I'll have a little bit of him. I mean, it's those kind of guys. And I mentioned Austin Eckrode. He's a guy that everyone liked coming out of the U.S. Open, finished 10th, uh, went to the Travelers last week, finished 24th, and made a couple of mistakes at the end. But he's a guy that is playing some really good golf right now. I, I did think uh, wounded on this. The Keegan moment, obviously, that greater New England just loves their sports, and he's always been – before I knew that much about him as a player, beside kind of the weird stance and he was tall, lanky, it just looked different than everyone else. It's just the Red Sox had the Patriots, obviously buddies with Michael Jordan. He just feels, and he's very open about how passionate he is about the area. Oh, yeah. And that, that felt, I mean, he, he kind of went a little old school, like a Tiger Woods or Spieth or Rory just kind of kicked everyone's ass start to finish. I mean, the course was playing easy, but pedal to the metal, they got a little close on Sunday, but not really. I mean, it was going to be hard because there weren't really doubles out there. I mean, he was making a couple bogeys in a row, but you've been around him for a long time. It it really does feel these last couple of years he's playing at a pretty high level, and now he's put himself in position to be on this Ryder Cup team. He's been really good tee to green for a long time. The, the knock on Keegan was always that he couldn't make putts when it mattered. He was a, an anchored putter guy a long time ago, and he had to switch mid-career, and it's taken him a while to get to the point where he's at right now. But the putter looked really good this past week. And, yeah, like you mentioned, this is not a guy who's like, oh, yeah, I grew up in New England. Like, socks are cool. Yeah, <laughs> Patriots, yeah, I haven't followed him in a while. But, yeah, I mean, if I'm a fan of it, it's like, no, he's all in. I mean, I think we all know that, that no Keegan Bradley. I will tell you that. I sent him a just a little text message saying congratulations on Sunday night. And I got a text message back while I was on the air doing my show yesterday. Uh, would you like to guess at what the text message back? It's the most Keegan Bradley text message ever, which I'm sure he sent to all 3000 people that texted him Sunday night, like me and probably just copied pasted, but it is a GIF of Tom Brady yelling, let's go as he runs on the field in Patriots Jersey. I mean, that's, that's the most Keegan text back to that. To that uh, text message that he got, um, 
which is, you know, it's perfect for him. But uh, look, playing some good golf. Mention the Ryder Cup. I don't think he's a lock yet. I know that's been a main motivation for him this year is to get back on that team. I, I The way I see it right now, there's probably a good 15 candidates. Yeah, there really are. The next two months happening. And, you know, I, Harris English goes and wins two events in the next two months. Billy Horschel, I, whoever. Um, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, that changes things. But right now, I, I've got about 15 guys. 12 of those 15 are going to make the team. Keegan's seventh on the points list right now. I, I would say if it ended right now, he makes the team. But who knows what happens in the next two months? Well, I think what gets tough is guys like, you know, Finau, who for his standards kind of been down, and guys like yep. Ricky, obviously Wyndham Clark's probably on it, but Ricky and Keegan Bradley, who have just played well pretty consistently start to finish, you know, and then Keegan now wins an event. Ricky easily could have. It's going to be hard to keep these guys that have a really good season resume based on these guys with huge names. Dustin Johnson is a massive wild card. You know they don't want to necessarily put the live players on the team. Kepka's probably earned his way onto that team. You look at DJ and you go, I don't know. He's played the majors. He's been okay. I don't really know what's going on. Like when him and him and Morikawa were such a dominant team the last time, right? Exactly. Cam Young is not playing well right now. I can't imagine that if he doesn't turn things around in a big yeah. way, he's going to make this team. Sam Burns won the match play. I mean, there's no greater barometer of how are we going to play mano a mano. At the Ryder Cup. Didn't he beat no, Scotty Scheffler straight up? He, he might not make the team. I, I mean, <laughs> looking at it, like yeah. he is one of the questionables right now towards the bottom of that roster. Do you think it matters because the, the course being in Europe a little different than if it was an American course where we just lean the bombers where you can take you, – you're more inclined to like, oh, we're going to go Ricky over Tony or you know something like that given that it's more of a – I don't want to say pitch and putt, but it's just going to be a lot different than a couple years ago when Tiger was the captain. I guess that was the President's Cup when they played that in Australia. You know, it's just a lot different than what we're used to over here, the Bombers' paradises. So it's two different questions. Do I think it matters as far as the makeup of the team? Yes, of course. Like, you've got to have horses for the course. Uh, that's. I mean, we do this every week. We prognosticate based on who fits that model of what the course is. That said, is Zach Johnson and his cadre of assistants, are they going to base their six wildcard selections on who fits the course the best? Not so sure. I think there's a certain arrogance with the U.S. team a little bit that they say, you know what? These guys are so good. They've had success on every course in the world. It doesn't matter. And to be honest, they're probably not wrong. I mean, no. Tony Finau plays short golf courses really well. And so Sam Burns has played well on some shorter golf courses. Like, I, I don't know that they're necessarily wrong, but my guess is, yes. Does it matter? Of course. Of course, course fit matters when you're playing an event. Are they going to look deep into that and take a guy that you go, ooh, that's a little interesting, even though this other guy's played better? No, it's going to be, essentially, it's going to be very close to the next six on the points list, and they're going to go right down there and not upset the apple cart too much. Well, so we'll have a have a good Fourth of July, have a good little little breather now for a couple of weeks. Yeah. With golf kind of slowing down, and then we will uh, we'll lock back in Hoy Lake, probably a little less than a month away. So let's uh, let's let's enjoy ourselves. Have uh, have a couple beers on me, not literally because you don't do have that. All You're be sitting on the beach all next week. Yeah, I, I can't wait. And by the way, I've made some Open Championship bets already. So just you just got, throw that out. Quick name on your way out. You got a, you got a name. Victor Hovland. 
I like it. I, I, I peeked at that about a month ago when I saw it 30 to one. What, what, what'd you get yeah. him at? Uh, I got him a little less than that. I think he's like 20, 22 right now. Yeah. He's moved uh, up. A little, by... a little Cheryl Hatton on there and some Ricky Fowler. So those, oh. those are the three names that I just jumped on early. They were up in my book. My book, my book doesn't have everything all the time and it's not a normal book. So in any case, I saw it up there and I was like, I got to jump on some things early. I like it. Talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship and sustainable practices made with natural latex responsibly sourced natural wool and environmentally safe foams the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow plus when you purchase the natural hybrid you're also helping fuel lisa's work with shelters and those in need since 2015 lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Let's, let's dive into a couple quick mailbag questions before we get out of here. Clayton, Bag Rex, always been a Titleist guy. Should I get the Link Master or should I wade into the Jones Bag Waters and try it out? Open to suggestions. I have this tailor-made bag, which is kind of a thinner, skinnier bag, which I, I used to use it to walk. Now I'm more of a push cart guy, but I, I really enjoyed it. I think I just got it on Amazon. Uh, I forget the exact name of it, but it's it's a newer bag. It's just smaller. Um, I, I really, really like it. I've had a, been a tailor-made bag guy, I think, most of my life. So this is at Golopod fire in those DMs easiest way to get on the show was wondering if you saw the 60 minutes special John Wortheim did on sports washing. What are your thoughts? I didn't see it. Uh, I, I did not see it. My take though, on just the overall concept, I understand what people are saying because anytime you know you try to use something to normalize who you are, even if you're still doing the same shady shit, I, I think it's harder for me to fully get behind that in 2023 when we have full access. Like we understand where they fall on these issues. Now, are those issues or all their are their stances going to change on homosexuality, on killing Big J journals if they don't like what they're saying? You know, if we're going to, we've done business with them the entire time while that's gone on. So this is where I always get back to. And I'm not saying this is right, but our government does not give a shit. Like whoever the president is, Republican, Democrat, did not care about Josh. I I think Ashkogi, it might be messing up his last name, got murdered by what many believe was MBS gave the thumbs up. We don't care. 
We, we do not. I mean, Joe Biden went and met with the guy and it would have been the same if it would have been a Republican president. So the, everyone in media, which they, they're very tied. And I understand. I mean, a guy got murdered. He's a, just just because he didn't have a, a take that they liked. But we do business with them and we did not give a shit. So but everyone knows that. Like when you're watching the Saudis, you know, they're involved in shady shit. But they also got us by the balls because of oil, which is not going to change. So the sports washing, they can get involved in these sports, whether it be F1, whether it be soccer, now being golf. I I just don't think that changes the fact of the information that we know about them. Now, they know that as sports fans that we are not going to care when we watch. I I don't know. I, I, I think the sports washing thing to me like I, I know what I'm watching. Maybe I'm more numb to it. Maybe I'm not uh, in positions to try to be morally superior about anything. Uh, not condoning any of it. Like no one condones any of it. I thought Jimmy Dunn, who was the leader of this, whose financial firm was blown up in 9/11, lost oh, I think all of his friends and business partners. When he was on the Golf Channel having a pretty uncomfortable interview about this said that if you can find me the people involved in 9-11, I will kill them myself. And I mean, I I think that goes for most of us. I've never really paid attention to, played, or really knew anybody that golfed until COVID hit, and you guys did daily fantasy golf tournaments. From then on, I've been hooked. I've watched and kept up with the storylines. It's such an underrated sport. Totally agree. Although I've been following it for a while, I still haven't played, and I was wondering if you had any advice for beginners. Like, do I need to buy all new stuff before I even know if I'm good? Well, you're not going to be good. I'll promise you that. Do I start with a class or something first? I imagine it being a Billy Madison scenario where they stick me with a bunch of five-year-olds. Here's what I would probably recommend. Go get a cheap used set of clubs. Depending on, you know, if you're just a normal-sized dude, just go to whatever, Dick Sporting Goods, wherever some local golf shop buy you type it into Google and get a used set of clubs, maybe spend a couple hundred bucks total on everything and just go to your local driving range and just pound some balls and just do that two or three times to just see what your swing is like, see how you hit the ball and then maybe, you know, reassess, maybe get a lesson from an individual. I would probably lean cheap, maybe at like that public driving range, see if there's someone that teaches and that just can kind of point you in the right direction. But I would recommend getting a used set of clubs, depending on, you know, I don't know everyone's financial situation. See if you can find for a couple hundred dollars every club, from putter to drivers to irons, and just see if you can wear those things out for six months a year. Hitting balls, work on your own swing, what feels comfortable. And maybe, you know, if you find the right time, go play a cheap public course. Uh you know, I, I would probably attempt if you live in a warmer area, maybe play a little later in the afternoon when you can kind of play by yourself. If you've never played around to golf, because it's it'd be a little difficult to play with people that know what they're doing, especially if you don't know them. Now, if you got friends that play, that might be an easy entry, right? So if you know people that play, even if they're decent, if they're friends, like they can handle you hitting it all over the yard, you have a couple beers, have a good time. But if you're gonna play with random people. You know, I, I would be pretty conscious of the fact that, you know, it, it can be tough to watch if other people know what they're doing. So I, I would start 
get some shitty clubs slash used clubs and just go bang some balls and, and then go from there. Um, been listening to you since you started the golf pod and enjoy your insights and updates related to golf. Had the pleasure to attend the U.S. Open at LACC. Was not easy to get to some holes. Several, more than five, were completely inaccessible. We went Friday, left left the 18th green with two groups left to play. Many of the corporate suites were empty most of the day. Not a very diverse crowd, mostly older white males. I have not been a Sergio fan, but I have a new appreciation after seeing him interact with his group and giving a child a signed ball on the 7th tee. No question. Well, like I said, the LA, the LACC, and I, listen, I'm not trying to bash him. I would love another invite. The place is pretty sweet. Is not going to be the most diverse group of people that are members of the club. One, the amount of money... If you just Google it, it'll be like, oh, 250 down payment, which is a lot of money, but relative to like, it's not about the money. It's about the people you know. I mean, these are bankers. These are finance people. So they they all kind of fall under the same umbrella. It's not easy to get access to that place. And now we could we could argue, should it go there? You know, I, I find it cool going to newer places. You know, it's easy to go to Pebble Beach, right? Public course, they get access to it. Put a lot of fans. It's awesome. Looks sweet. But would it would it lose some of its luster if we played the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach like every other year? I, I thought it was cool. But I also kind of I knew what we were getting into. I didn't expect, you know, everyone from all over the Los Angeles greater area to have access to getting those gates. It, it was going to be a, a very elitist crowd. That's just that's a fact. Or even like the Augusta. You can find people that can just get tickets. The, the the access to tickets at the at LA Country Club was just going to be small. Okay, last question here. Just caught your 2023 US Open pod. Enjoyed your takes and have a few additional thoughts after watching most of the four days of the NBC coverage. One, US Open should be played on public accessible courses. During the broadcast, there was an ad at least once an hour encouraging the average golfer to join the United States Golf Association. If they want you to grow the game amongst us plebs, the USGA should stage the Open at very least on courses that anyone actually have a chance to play. Leave the stuffy country club nonsense like what has occurred at LACC this week via the GA patrons for the PGA Championship. Not a terrible idea. Let me stop really quick, though, on that sentiment. It does limit your ability of where you can go. You know, Wingfoot, Oakmont, there are courses that have felt pretty solid that have been at country clubs, right? And then there are, I, I you know, Bethpage Black or Chambers Bay or Pebble Beach or Torrey Pines that are public golf courses. I'm not, I wouldn't go as far to say don't go to a country club, but I, I do think it matters how many people have access to get into the event. Now, let's face it. In 2023, this is not 1976. This is a television product. The broadcast was terrible. I watch a lot of YouTube golf videos, and even those low-budget outfits can produce shot tracers on nearly every shot. Why weren't there more on NBC, and why was it possible to see the breaks and contours of the green? Seems like legacy media is following the same tower-centric broadcast approach as yesteryear. Why can't they show us a 3D rendering in relation to a particular player's shot? Fuck, I like where this guy's going. 
Also, it's about time the USGA and golf in general embraced a new breed of golf commentators. WRT to the plane circling. Why can't they have a dedicated drone coverage each hole? Even at $50 an hour for a drone operator, that's like $500 per day. Surely they can afford drones. Sophisticated enough to be high above the greens. Here's the thing. I I, I totally hear what you're saying. The people that run NBC... It is an old Northeast stiff, right? I mean, that's that's who it is. So the no laying up guy crushed the guy. He, he's going to be the AD at Notre Dame. Imagine running NBC, right? And then you transition to go be the AD at Notre Dame. Like what? What? But that, talk about a cush job. You just hire a football coach, hope the guy wins and fucking chill. You think that guy's going to watch women's softball? Give me a break. To me, I've always viewed this, and listen, if there are administrators listening, you don't all fall under this umbrella. Kind of a lazy man's job. And if you make it, you can make a lot of money without doing that much. Kind of fundraising, BSing. It's like a private sector politics. But you actually don't have that much skin in the game because you don't have anything to do with anything. So, listen, I it shouldn't be this complicated. It's, like you said, it, it, this isn't 19... 19- 96 it's the drones the cameras this is the u.s open too it'd be one thing if hey like we're doing a a youtube volume classic at tpc scottsdale that first year could probably be pretty hit or miss this is nbc you you guys have been in the tv business for well before i've been alive and i'm almost 40 years old like you can't figure this out and i'm with you on the shot tracer that's just cheap and i understand depending on who you are what industry you're in and what business you're in there are some Weird economic times, but there's no fucking excuse to not have shot tracers on every shot you're going to show on TV at the U.S. Open. I Like, I understand John Deere. If I flip on the John Deere or this week, the RBC uh, is the RBC, the Rocket Mortgage or whatever the tournament in Detroit. And there's not a shot tracer. Like, I kind of get it. Like, it's almost Fourth of July. Who's really even watching this thing besides some of us with some money on? Like, I, I understand what I'm getting. But I, I turn on the U.S. Open. I turn on the Masters. I, I turn on. You know, the players, like my my level of expectations, I'm sorry, is a little higher. I, I'd like a shot tracer when John Rahm or Wyndham Clark, I don't know, is teeing off. Is that too much to ask? So complete embarrassment. NBC, I think sometimes I, I tend to automatically hang a left when the when most people that talk for a living hang a right. But this is something I'm in complete agreement with that that was that was a low moment. It really was a low moment for NBC. And the sad part is I don't think they care. The volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... 
right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.